Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Exploring Life. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here with you guys again for another episode. This one is going to be a really interesting one because I'm going to try to the best of my ability to describe my uh, spiritual awakening. And it's not going to be easy (laughs) because it's very complex and there's a lot of detail that goes into it. And realistically, I don't want this to go on for many hours, which it totally could. And so I'm going to try to condense it to the best of my abilities and try to bring to the table the most important information to hopefully guide you and help you, especially if you are either in the process of going through a spiritual awakening or you are about to go it hopefully will help you out. So, starting out, I went to a huge evangelical mega church most of my life because that's just what my parents wanted me to go to. And when I went off to high school, I started to get more involved with it. And then when I went off to college, I also started to get more involved with church-related activities. And I was really afraid of going down the wrong path. And so, that's why I clung really close to it. And I also love God, and I saw the two as necessary and essential in order to be close to God. You had to be close to a certain religion, and in my eyes, the religion to be closest to God was Christianity. And so that's what I chose and um, what I did in college. And I came across this group that was, let's just say, very, 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 very fundamental. Very, 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 very uh believing that they are right and everyone else is not completely as right as they are and i remember feeling so awesome in the group because i finally found people who were like yeah we really know what's going on like yeah we really have the answers trust us and before i went to many different denominations because i was curious and i wanted to learn and i always had this kind of like half answer of like oh we think this is right but we're not for sure like no one really knows for sure like people are just guessing about uh you know this and this but this is what we assume is the most right but these people were like oh no we really know what's right like this is how you do baptism this is how you do communion this is salvation we are 100 percent correct like trust us this is direct revelation from god and To anyone who is in religion, it feels really, really nice to have someone tell you exactly how to think, how to believe, and how to act, and it was really satisfying at the time. As I stayed in that group, I realized that my thought process uh, started to change in not a good way. I started to um, judge people who did not believe the same way as I did or are religious denomination believed and it started to hurt the way I took in information. I realized that I wouldn't really take in information that didn't go along with my current beliefs. So, if someone said something, it was my automatic response to judge it according to my beliefs and if it didn't fit or it wasn't equal to what I believed, I would just denounce it and I would take pity on them because they didn't believe how I did. And to be fair, This is after many uh, months under their training, and so it's like I was just being as good as possible to the way that they taught me, and at that time, I thought that this is how I was supposed to be because I was watching how these people were interacting, how they're with other people, how they're with other Christians, 
and I was pretty much soaking up this information. And so, not everyone was like this, but according to the leaders of their churches, there was a lot of criticism against other Christians and other denominations, a ton. And it was honestly overwhelming and overbearing how much criticism there was, but they always ended with some way to deflect that they were criticizing and said that God was being critical of these other denominations, that God believed that these other denominations were doing it wrong, that we are doing it right, and we have confirmation from God that we're doing it right. And so, after months of being in that group, that's just type of thought process that took over, and I realized that it was really a toxic thought process, but it took some time to realize because I had to be in it for a while to see how negative and how draining and how judgmental it was to have this mindset of I'm right, you're wrong, we are correct, you're incorrect, and to see how badly it hurt me and how badly it hurt other people. And actually, the interesting thing, what woke me up, kind of like a dream, like you're sleeping and then someone just wakes you up is I love to act and I was passionate about it at that time as I am now. I love to act. I love to bring scenarios to life. I love to make people happy, to make people laugh, to allow people to feel free to feel their emotions and know that it's a safe space. They can laugh at me. I won't take it personally. They can cry with me. They can do whatever. That um, I just love helping people get in tune with their emotions and I would come across uh, some of their ministry books where they just completely flat out denounced it as like Satan. Like if you went to the movie theaters, it was like, it was pretty much like Satan's kingdom or something like that. And it was just over and over. And I was like, what the heck? Like, this isn't right. And that's when I really started to critically think about it. I was like, wait, if this is like my passion, but my passion is technically like satanic but i know like i know in my roots that this is not a bad passion like i have good intentions i love doing this this is for good reasons then who do i pick this christian denomination or do i pick myself and i had to get to a point where it was like honestly cognitive dissonance and it was interesting because this group called themselves the local churches because they didn't want to seem like they were a denomination but they definitely are a denomination and um I had to get to a point where I was like oh my gosh I have to choose because literally if I choose this local church denomination then I have to drop my passion I have to drop what I love and I have to assimilate with this group because no one in this group is going to do something that the leaders uh say is completely Satan's kingdom And I literally, I looked at myself, I studied, I had a lot of prayer and I was like, no, this isn't right. Like, this is not right for them to say that who I am, what I love to do, my passion is satanic. Like, in order to be in movies and TVs and all this stuff and to act, I cannot be in a group that believes that what I enjoy doing, what I feel called to do is satanic. And then that was super hard. I had to bounce and it was not easy. I would like convince myself like oh I'll still be friends with everyone like I'll still go eventually you know sometimes and like they're still my family because it was really family oriented but I would cry and cry and cry and it was so hard to rip apart 
myself from this group because it was such an integral part of my life. Like, I would spend three to four days out of the week with them, praying, reading the Bible. We would have our night prayer nights where we would literally just sit in a square and pray. And it was really cool. Like, we ate a lot of food. Um, but anyone who's in a religious denomination of Christianity know that it can definitely soak up a lot of your time. And depending on what denomination you're a part of, you uh, unconsciously or consciously begin to integrate their belief system within yours if you are not critically thinking about it. And so I had to critically think and take a step apart and be like, okay, what do I believe? What do they believe? Like, where is the separation? Like, am I this? Am I that? And it was so hard. It was really, really difficult. But when I did it, oh my god, I felt so free. I literally was like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing. But it took a while to feel amazing. And I had to heal a lot from that mindset. The religious belief that I'm right, you're wrong, that our denomination is correct and you're incorrect was such a hard thing to get over that it took me months, if not, oh my goodness, if not years to free myself from that. Like, I would notice the thought would creep up when someone would say something according to a Christian principle or Christian concept and my mind was conditioned to automatically denounce it negatively and I would have to catch that thought process and be like, no, that's not right. Those are your old conditionings. Like, you have to move on. Those are not who you are. Those thoughts are not yours. They are just thoughts from old conditionings. And so it took a while to break those old mind patterns. But when I did, oh my goodness, I am so thankful. So as I continue to explore different Christian denominations, I hit a point where I was literally like, I don't understand it. Everyone thinks they're right and they all think the other person is wrong and I'm so confused. And I remember literally just being so done with like going to a denomination and learning everything about it and then realizing that some other denomination thinks completely different in certain doctrines and it's like I have to relearn their doctrines and it was just overwhelming and then I would be asking these questions to my leaders at uh, different groups and different religious Christian denominations and communities such as crew and I would ask questions and like I was never satisfied with their answers and and they would say hey honestly I really don't know and I'd be like well what the heck does anyone know and I'd have questions like well what about people who are completely far off on some island that no one has gone to and they've never heard the gospel are they just gonna go to hell forever and I'd have them just be like, yeah, you know, we got to pray for everyone. We have to reach those areas. It's really sad. And I'm like, so you're literally telling me the default destination of these people who have no access to the gospel are just going to go to hell for eternity. Like, it literally made no sense. Or other questions like, well, why do I get to live in California with a wonderful lifestyle, with a wonderful family, I'm able to afford my food, I'm able to afford water, and then someone else gets a life in Africa where they're starving, they're living off of barely anything, and they don't get to live how I get to live. Like, why did I get this? What did I do to deserve this type of lifestyle? And then someone else only gets one life out in the Sahara Desert, and they don't get to live you know, in these certain conditions where I get to be able to do certain things that they might never be able to do. 
and they'd just be like, I don't know, like, these are great questions, but we don't know, and I'm just like, this isn't, this, (laughs) this is not helping me, I'm just getting more and more questions, and I'm realizing these people within Christianity are not able to answer my questions, there's like a limit, and I kept on pushing the limit, pushing the limit, and there's no answers, and there was, I'm sorry, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't know, over and over again, and I remember literally clear as day, I'd be in my car, and I would literally cry out to God, and I'm like, it doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, I'm so confused, I don't know what to believe, and up until that point, I noticed that I was searching for the truth outside of me, I was constantly searching for in a church, in a group, to tell me what was true, and to tell me what wasn't true, and I was getting frustrated because it was, I would believe it, believe it, believe it, and believe it was true, and then figure out that there was some type of flaw, or believe it, and then realize that someone wasn't able to give me the answers according to the way they believed, and just all these different things, and I remember literally crying out, and I got to a point where I was, like, angry at God. I was like, it's so confusing. If there's supposed to be truth, then it should be easy. This shouldn't be hard. I shouldn't have to go from place to place. Like, why can't it be easy? Why can't there just be one denomination of Christianity? Why does there have to be 41,000 different denominations and no one agrees on salvation? No one agrees on communion. No one agrees on all these different things. Like, they all say, oh yeah, we believe in the tenets. There's people who don't even believe on the tenets of the Trinity, who don't even believe on the tenets of all these different things. And I was just overwhelmed and I was angry. I was angry that it wasn't clear and that I was even more confused than before by diving so deep into Christianity. And a lot of people would deem this point as the dark night of the soul. And that was from basically, I think it was coined from this poem by St. John of the Cross, where he describes going into the dark and going into this area. And then after some time, eventually it ends with being on the beloved, being resting in the beloved's embrace. And it definitely felt like the dark night of the soul because I felt alone and I felt like no one else was questioning this with me. Like I would talk about with people and they're like why are you asking these questions or they'd like kind of look at me like what's the problem like just do whatever and I'm like well there's a like I can't I can't just go to another denomination learn all this doctrine then realize that I go to another denomination and realize that all that doctrine is what they deem as wrong and continue this process until I go before God you know what I mean so I just felt alone and I felt um just mad that it wasn't clear and that lasted for probably, I want to say, like, some months. I don't know. And I kept on having more questions pile up, more questions. And then finally, there was a breakthrough. And what was shocking to me is that, ba- I almost said babe through, <laughs> that breakthrough didn't happen through Christianity. I 100% believe it did happen because of God, but it did not I could not credit Christianity for this breakthrough. And this was what I believe was my first initial spiritual awakening. The first part of it that was absolutely mind-blowing. And this is when I started meditating. And this is when I was in the process of analyzing myself. And I was reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which is pretty much a book of 
the art of being present, the art of becoming aware and being aware of the present moment. And I realized that a lot of anxiety that was coming was coming from a place of having my mind focused on the future and focused on the past, constantly regretting things and constantly wanting things to be different, assuming that I lacked when I actually didn't. And so a combination of these things, like the 10 minutes of meditation each day, stretching, listening to this book on Audible, and then journaling what I was learning, all of a sudden, after like seven days of doing this uh, disciplined exercise, these three things, I hit a moment where it was like a click. It was like a top popped off. And in my brain, it was the most interesting thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. But it was like the whole world went from doom and gloom and just sorrow and terror and fear to bliss and joy and peace and indescribable love for myself and others and for the creator. And I was literally shocked. I remember writing in my journal, I feel like I have a new brain. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm a brand new person. Like the way I think all of a sudden is completely different. And before this moment, I didn't really go into it, but I kind of did in another podcast, but it was a really hard period of my life because I was doing a lot of computer science. I had a boyfriend that I wasn't attracted to. I was denying myself. I wasn't accepting of myself. I was in this perpetual state of duality and I was had this fear around other people and God and myself, this unstable, irrational fear. And having this switch where it was literally like an on and off switch where all of that just literally dissolved and I was like in a state of bliss was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life because I've never experienced, <laughs> I never experienced anything like that. And so I was like in awe, like I literally, I couldn't even describe it to you, but my whole perception was just switched and I felt amazing. And I was just like, what the heck is going on here? Because I couldn't give any credit to Christianity. And so that's the moment where God is more than religion. God goes beyond the limits of religion. God goes beyond the ideas of men, the beliefs of men, the interpretations of men, because that didn't happen within Christianity. I couldn't give any credit to Christianity. I could only give credit to the infinite creator of the universe. And so that moment was, oh, wow, that's really, really, <laughs> that was really shocking. And so that's also when I started my blog and I started writing all these things down because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally aware. I feel like this new level of awareness. Like I don't feel like a on autopilot anymore. Like I genuinely feel so much more aware. And I was writing my lessons on this blog and I was like learning so much. And I would look back and I'm like, where did this come from? And so that continued on and on and on. And I had that bliss state for some time. And then I hit some lows, definitely. I had a lot on my plate. I was still in a lot of hard classes. I had all math and STEM related and computer science related classes. I was in like three computer science related classes, two math classes. I was working in order to provide. Um, I was a leader of a Bible study, <laughs> which is also a very interesting part. And I had a lot on my plate, but that initial awakening was wow. And then fast forward, I 
having that experience opened me up to not being afraid to read things outside of my religion. So I was like, okay, well, the power of now wasn't necessarily Christian. It wasn't Christian uh, expertise, treatise, or whatever. It was like outside of it. So I can learn from everyone, from all walks of life, from all religions, from all people. And that's when my curiosity really, really started to uh, diverge away from Christianity and go into traditions, cultures, religions, people, everyone. I was so much more interested in learning as much as I can from everywhere instead of just in Christianity. And so I came across different books and the next person that really just uh, accelerated my evolution, my growth, was a person by the name of Adi Ashanti. And this guy, oh my goodness, I remember I came across him on Instagram and I read this one quote and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm going to go to a quote page and just pick some up and, you know, put this in my phone and think about it. I literally copied like the first three pages of the quote page. I was like, why is everything he's saying resonating so deeply with with everything I feel right now? And I was like, okay, I need to buy a book. Like, I just need to get the whole book. And so I got like literally five of his books, like one after another. I just ate it up like candy. And it was like the state of liberation, uh, sorry, the way of liberation and um, true meditation and all these different things. And pretty much in short, he came from a Zen background. So like Zen is a mystical form of uh, Buddhism that focuses more on the art itself rather than the rules and regulations and all these things in order to get to a certain point it's more about the essence of what meditation's about and he doesn't like say he's one religion he just talks about quite literally the liberation aspect and this is when it was like another acceleration of my growth and I was like oh my gosh this is crazy like I cannot explain this this process that is happening within me is so interesting. I have never experienced anything like this before. It's so deep. It's so uh, shocking. And I just remember the way I started to look at the world started to change in a positive, optimistic manner. And I also came across other books that was talking about my inner reality and my outer reality are connected. And I would come across quantum physics principles that would state that same thing and I really value science and it would say the observer and the observed are the same and these quantum physics principles I would see them as oh my gosh this literally makes so much sense and then this person would say it and then this person would say it and it was just like a domino effect of realization and then on top of that I was trying really really hard to meditate and as I continued to do that I continued to eat up whatever I could and um, I ate up information, I ate up a lot of things from a lot of mystical aspects of religions. So for example, at first, before my spiritual awakening, I looked at like the overall religion. So like I took classes in like the Abrahamic religions, Islam, Judaism, and I studied those. But then after this, I read a lot about religions and I also read a lot about the mystical aspects of religion. So, for example, in Hinduism, the mystical aspect is often known as Sikhism, the Baha'i faith, um, which these are all talking about honoring and loving the creator of the universe. <clears throat> and the more I read, the wider my perspective became and the more I was able to connect dots and to see patterns in religions and 
outside of religions and science and it was just extraordinary and also I feel like the meditation allowed me to have that capacity to open my perspective and to retain this information because meditation actually enhances your brain capacity it actually increases your white and gray matter and helps with your intelligence and retaining information it also helps with focus and analyzing and much more and so i just felt like i was through this discipline growing so much and then i came across these finally after all this stuff i came across these more metaphysical and scientific books that talked more about applying quantum physics to the body and applying quantum physics to our personal experience, such as Dr. Joe Dispenza and Deepak Chopra. And I learned a ton of that, especially about the human anatomy, how it relates to different quantum principles. And a lot of my podcasts actually touch on those metaphysical properties and quantum physics because that's truly so awesome. Because I could talk all I want about religion, but the thing is, is that religion tends to have limits whether it's you limit, the religion limits, or the person limits. People put limits on what they are afraid to touch because they believe that if that religion somehow contradicts their own beliefs, then it could destroy their whole world. And so, it's a lot harder to reach people through religious texts than it is to reach people through science. So, that's why I prefer to reach as many people through science because people are a lot less defensive than if I were to be like, well, don't you see this principle like this is very obvious and they'd be like oh well that's from uh, a mystic religion that i'm not a part of so goodbye if i were to be like uh well this is a quantum physics principle like this is part of our universe they'd be like oh really i had no idea and then it's a lot easier to get there anyway going on from that and then i came across uh these channeled books which were really interesting and honestly I would not have been ready for them if I just started out with these like I definitely believe that we all have guardian angels and that it's all according to a certain time because if I read these books at the beginning without my knowledge in science metaphysics and all these abstract connections I would definitely denounce it and I would be afraid of them because I had a lot of fear in my heart but after all this work that I've been doing I was just like eating it up. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What the heck? And it made sense to me because I was able to create a foundation of science, uh, scientific principles and understandings in quantum physics and classical physics from my background in computer science. And I continued forth, continued forth. And it's now in a process where I'm currently still continuing forward. And it is a journey. Life is a journey for sure. It is 100% a journey. And where I would say now is that I'm really starting to dive deep into more localized specific shadow work. And what I mean by that is I'm really starting to go deep into specific triggers and just get rid of them to heal them, heal them with love and compassion and deal with each one that I feel uh, triggered to feel a negative emotion. And by doing this, my hope is that I will be able to help other people heal from their triggers and to heal from their insecurities, their traumas, and to learn that process so that I can help as many people as possible. And so that's my goal. And yeah, so that's kind of my spiritual awakening right now. And I just ordered uh, this that I came across from Aaron Apke, this awesome YouTuber. I always encourage people to look him up. He is so well-spoken, so articulate, so coherent. 
I look up to this man. I hope one day that I can be as articulate and coherent as he is and good at transmitting this information in such a wonderful way. But he would have these little chunks of A Course in Miracles and he would explain each one in his own words and summarize it and explain it. And I was just learning so much and it was honestly helping me so much and it actually encouraged me to go dive deeper into my shadow work. And so I bought uh, the book and it's called A Course in Miracles and apparently it's a channeled book by this atheist psychologist and this other man from Cambridge University and they were trying to find a different way to understand certain things and then boom, this information just came from somewhere and then they started writing it down. And it took about seven years, it's 669 pages, there's like lessons, workbooks, and the way that I explain it is it really is about uncorrecting the beliefs that are in illusions. So really helping with shadow work. It's almost like a shadow work assistant because when you go into these triggers, a lot of times these triggers are triggered because of illusions. Like if you go to the source of what is triggering you, it's not that person. It's not a certain situation. It's the illusion behind the whole entire situation. And so this book really focuses on helping fix your perception, helping you focus on the reality, how it truly is rather than how we thought it was. So I just see it more as a little companion as I'm continuing to do the shadow work. And it's not easy. (laughs) You know, it's definitely not easy to face your triggers head on. So anything that I can take and use in order to help me with this, I am definitely going to try. And my open mind, my curiosity is still here, thank God. And I just encourage you that if you are listening to this, I definitely think there's a reason why. I definitely feel like it is your time to listen to this. And I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this, that your journey is beautiful and you have been working so hard and you have been doing the best with what you can. And I just want to encourage you to continue forward, to continue to remain open-minded, to remain curious, to remain as if you are a a fun little kid in a beautiful adventure, that you are uh, curious and loving and excited and joyful that you get to embark on this wonderful journey we call life on earth. And wherever you feel to go, just answer that calling. Trust that intuition. Trust your gut that it is for the best. And to really try to hop outside of the routine And to see the world from a perspective that is blissful, joyful, optimistic, exciting. Because the more you do that, the more you're going to be able to soak up the lessons, to realize the lessons in the moment. And it's just, life is magical. Life is beautiful. And we get to do it together. You know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid to confide in whoever you can. You know, there's people who love you. There's people around you, whether it's a therapist a family member, a friend, like, you're not supposed to do this alone. Like, we're doing this together. So, hopefully, this was helpful in some way, shape, or form. I'm getting a little hot in here because it's, like, in the closet and it's only a quiet place, but never forget your power. Never forget your worth, and I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day or night, and see you next time.